This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Whakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. I hear that somebody finds out about their doctorate tomorrow. <gasps> yes, I'm so excited. That's so cool, eh? It is. I am sure yeah. that it'll be good news. You did such an amazing job, such an amazing presentation. We did teamwork, <laughs> eh? The three of us. I think and, you um, did. I, I think you did most have of done it. Without you and Martin. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce Carolyn Hamill today. And I've known Carolyn for a number of years because our lives intersect, as happens when you live in the Eastern Bay of Plenty. And it, to, to, my, to my surprise, today I find out that Carolyn's actually a vet and has been for like more than 20 years. And I had no <laughs> idea about that because to me, Carolyn is on our community board and involved in so many things in the community, involved in school, involved in cycling. And she's like this community champion who makes amazing things happen. And she's a vet. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you for joining us today. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I do have a few hats. Kia ora, Carolyn. Where are you, Carolyn? I'm at home in Whakatane. So I, if I'm a bit, there's a bit of distractions in the background with dogs and children. You'll please excuse that. So we've been asking people how their bubble life was, and of course, bubble life has now got complicated because there's at least two bubble mm. lives and an ongoing traffic light. So let's go back to the the mm. start. How was your bubble life last year? Right in the first COVID lockdown. We actually had a lovely, I I feel embarrassed to say this, but we actually quite enjoyed our first lockdown. We were all obviously in together, husband was working from home, and we played a lot of Scrabble. We played card games. We got out and walked the dog six times a day. Um, And it wasn't always harmonious, but it was, I'm quite aware that it's not always like that for people, but it was actually pretty relaxed and I enjoyed it until about the last week or two and then I was ready for a a change (laughs) so I'm um, very sympathetic to Aucklanders at the moment it's gone on too long so the the Mm. kids were homeschooling they were it feels like a long time ago now but yes they were homeschooled Um, I've got three children I've got 15 year old 
uh, a 13-year-old and a nine-year-old. And the two oldest are at Whakatane High School and I've got the young one at Apanui School. So varying degrees of um, needs for screens and um, input for their, for their homework. But we, we muddled along. And um, I mean, there was lots of space in the day, lots of space to think about, right, what are we having for dinner or what are we going to bake? So it didn't feel like we were rushing. And I, you know, quite often life is a bit like that. So for that was a really lovely break. But I understand when it goes on and on, it's not always that enjoyable. People referred to that first lockdown as a as a reset or a, a rahui. What what did you uh, see that first one as, and did it deliver, or did the time after it deliver? I think it did. Like we 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 probably realised that we were doing too much. We were attempting too many things after school. We were pushing the, the limits a little bit um, with what we were trying to get done. So I think it did just put pause on on things and you know it's quite nice when oh the meetings are cancelled or you know sometimes it's quite nice when things aren't going so you can just take a breather and reassess your priorities so it's definitely never crept back up to that level so it probably is a bit of a breather or a pause for us yeah i would agree with that and so going into lockdown in august this year was how did you feel going into that Mm. was it a here we go again more of the same what was that Yes, definitely the deja vu about, oh, here we go again. And I'm, you know, I'm just aware that even though we can cope with the lockdown, the children do better at school, especially the older ones. They need their peers. They need friendships, especially boys need some um, way to burst off some energy, some sports, some yahooing with mates. And so I think that I, I definitely felt a, oh, I hope this doesn't go on too long sort of feel. So yeah, we were very fortunate to to sort of get off, get out of that un, unscathed, as it were, and then get back into semi-normal life. And now we've gone into traffic lights, and you're in the the red light zone. We have to be careful not I to say you're. So. Not, we have yes. to be careful not to say you're the in the red light, light district. I district. It could it could come off bad, couldn't it? Yeah, I, that's right. We're in the in the red tra- traffic light red. And I believe that's mostly because our vaccination rates aren't up to scratch and also because we're still, you know, there's lots of, um, I guess we're quite close to Auckland and, and hubs like Tauranga and Waikato. So I think that we'll be having to play it safe for quite some time. Are people, do you think, comfortable moving into this 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 new thing? You know, your, your kids are involved in lots of sports and stuff. Is it affecting that? Yeah. It definitely is affecting that. I think what I've been um, sort of mindful of is how much time that it takes, the, the transitions and the, the vaccination um, mandates and the rules and regulations about what you can and can't do, level, numbers of people vaccinated or not. It just takes a lot of time. So while people are quite, um, I guess people want to be safe, but there's also a thing of, oh, this is it just it adds a lot of work to, you know, um, especially if you're involved in organisations, what can we do, what can't we do, who's vaccinated, who's not, or, or are we even allowed to operate under this? It, it's taking a lot of headspace for people. Um, and I think we're very grateful when 
activities and sports can go ahead. We're at a beautifully run um, tennis tournament on Sunday at Rotorua, and it was lovely that it went ahead because we were all sort of thinking up to the last minute it might not go ahead, but everyone, you know, social distanced and did the right things, and hopefully um, it was, yeah, a great day was had by all. But that's not always things can go ahead, and it's, um, it does affect so many people, and especially the kids. You're involved in the community board. Most of the decisions are being made centrally, but is there a role for those local mm. community organisations? Mm. Well, I guess in, as far as um, a role, it would just be being um, an enabler to those decisions to be um, carried out smoothly. So I think probably for the community board, we a little bit lower down the tier, but council, it's a case of uh, making decisions around things like can the War Memorial Hall be used safely or where's the best place to put up a COVID testing site or that kind of thing. So we probably as the community board to see ourselves as um, supporting and if there's any um, things, areas we can help or connect people if they're struggling or not knowing what to do. But as you say, most of it's led by, by the central government. So we're just very much following the rules. Let's follow the rules and stick a song in about now. In fact, right now. Okay. First of your music choices is Stan Walker. Take it easy. Why this one? Oh, Stan Walker. I love Stan Walker. And um, I, this, this song just always puts me in a good mood. I know it's not super recent, but I, I've always loved it. So it's just my feel, one of my feel-good songs. Slow it all down Little by little So 
addition to the community work you're doing, it might be news to yes. Mawera, but you're also a vet. How is, That's how right. is, yes. how is vetting going under COVID? It's been challenging under some of the, the level four, level three um, regulations without having uh, face-to-face contact, especially for small animal work. Um, it's been very much a case of people dropping the animals in the car park and handing over and trying to, for us to work work with the animal rather than having the, the person face-to-face. So that makes it a lot more challenging. Uh, large animal work tends to go much the same because people, yeah, vets need to get on farm and farms, farmers are needed there. So that hasn't changed as much. But the small animals has been challenging. Um, even just restraining animals, um, having no minimum number of people in the room, that sort of thing. But we're in a good place at the minute. Everybody's been great about wearing masks and just um, respecting some of the rules about only having one whānau member in the room, um, if at all possible. So, yeah, and animals, people are not going overseas. They are not travelling very much. And so instead they are doing up their homes and acquiring new puppies. So, (laughs) So we are very busy at work. Yeah. And those puppies are getting walked a lot. Which is a good, a good problem. They are getting walked a lot six times a day, probably. That's right. And when there's lots of dogs out and about, dogs sometimes attack one another. So sometimes we have lots of dog bite wounds and cat bite wounds. and <laughs> So it all escalates from there. But, um, yeah, no, it's great. I, so I work part-time at the one of the local vet clinics here. And I a few years ago I took a sabbatical and finished my master's which my thesis was in mycoplasma bovis, the um, clinical impact in dairy cows on New Zealand. And that was a great experience just because it gave me um, a, a breather from clinical practice. And, you know, realize, I realised that you can use your skill set in different ways. So I was travelling around New Zealand, interviewing farmers and discussing how M. bovis has affected their cows. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the South Island, which was lovely. And that was work with MPI. And then that op- opened up some opportunities to help out with other projects. And I got was very fortunate to go to Myanmar in 2019 to help with a foot and mouth project for three weeks, which was um, 
such a wonderful privilege to go there and obviously before things have really deteriorated over in Myanmar, so um, both politically and with COVID. So I, um, it, looking back, you think it really was a trip of a lifetime to help there. And now I'm working on a salmonella project, which is, um, we've had a rise of salmonella cases in New Zealand over the last few years, both in people and dairy cows, and we uh, wanted to know why. So we're researching uh, farmers, farms that have been affected by salmonella and what, their, what, how, what the effect it's had on their cows and calves and, and what are some of the underlying risk factors. So that's been a nice adjunct. So I've got sort of a couple of different vet hats on and then the community hat's a nice other string to my bow. We import quite a lot of vet expertise, don't we? Is, 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 that, is that a... Yes, you're right. And, and is that stopped, we, or are, we, we really are they getting through? No, they they well, it obviously stopped most of the way through 2020 and earlier this 2021. And the Veterinary Association and the Veterinary Council, I believe, requested uh, special permission to, is you know, um, because where they are considered essential workers to import or bring in new vets. So as, I'm, as it stands, I'm not too sure where that's gone through, but we, we're short on vets, and um, it's just a nationwide shortage, really, and particularly large animal vets, um, but also across the board. So they, we, struggle, we struggle to make demand from the number of vets we can produce at Massey. Carolyn, with all the, all the stuff that you do, like we have this... I've noticed, you know, this is a community that requires a lot of people doing a lot of things as volunteers to make it all work, to stop the mm. wheels falling off. And mm. it's the same faces that pop up in those places all the time. And you're one of those faces that pops up mm. all the time that stops mm. the wheels falling off. And oh, how, do we, how do we get, how do we make more Carolyns in our community, oh. more people who are willing to 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 see the positive future and jump in there and, and, and help make it happen? Yes. Um, that's a really good question. I wonder, you know, if you, you people have to get passionate about something. So most people are passionate about something, but it's just whether they see an avenue to outwork that passion in their own community. And sometimes it's just people need to be asked, I think, as well. They, they might be... Um, interested in doing something but nobody's ever asked them or they haven't considered it as something that they would ever be we getting into. For instance, I didn't even know the community board existed until a friend of mine was on the community board um, several terms ago and I thought, oh, she, but she's my age. I thought that was more for sort of older white men, you know. So I think if you see people around you engaging who look a bit like you and um, it, and it's about something that you're similarly passionate about. That can draw you in, but that's why we need diversity because if we only have sort of people who are of a certain demographic and local body um, leadership, then it doesn't draw you in. You need people who you think, oh, I could do that, or I could relate to that because they are those people too. Um, but everybody digs, you know, everybody helps out in different ways. I think a lot of people at the moment that they don't have the time to get involved because they're too busy coaching sports teams or working two jobs or you know um doing keep, just keeping them it's so busy just keeping their own lives 
in order that they don't have time. So I think that's the big issue for people. Do you think that COVID has um, created a reluctance in the volunteer sector? Hmm. I wonder about that. I guess. I guess you know, in some ways, you want to see some stats around that. Like, where are people struggling for volunteers? Um, there will be there'll be a certain part of there'll be certain groups where I think volunteers will be more cautious about getting involved, depending what risks there are, because a lot of our volunteers are older, aren't they? You know, retirees and still active, but might be a little bit more cautious about being exposed, perhaps. Um, and some of the things that I volunteer with, I haven't seen that, but but maybe, you know, that's not representative. For instance, Waste Not, Want Not, which um, Janine Maguire organisers have helped out with for a couple of years, and there are always plenty of volunteers, and that just seems to flow really nicely. So um, you prob I probably need to see some data, whether it's just... Whether that's actually tr true, would you? What do you think, Mara? Um, I think that there's a, a huge number of people who are really committed to keeping things moving. Like uh, Tony Boynton, uh, for example. Like mm. she is like wherever there is anything to do with COVID, whether it is a testing station popped up or a vaccine station popped up or or any sort of public meeting, she's there getting mm. people engaged. And you know, like there's so mm. many people that are. But again, it's the same faces that are popping up all all the yes. time. What, what happens when those faces stop popping up? Right. Well, sometimes other people step up if those faces aren't there. Because I've asked myself that question, if you know, if it didn't happen. And sometimes, depending what it is, there'll be seasons of things. So people, in my experience, a lot of people are happy to be involved at the start of something or... Um, do it for a little while, but it's when it becomes sort of week after week or a, or a monthly commitment that that becomes a, dr a drag or, you know. So I think that sometimes you can have um, an abundance of people for the start of something which is exciting or new, but it's whether you, they can continue. Um, I think also for volunteers, if things are well run, you know, and it's a, it's a minimal time commitment and you have a really nice core group of people there, and helping out is fun, and it provides you with the community um, engagement. Like you feel you're missed if you're not there, or it's just a fun, fun and enjoyable place to be, and you feel like you've given back. That's the key to keeping it going. For instance, Upanui Salt Marsh Key Group, um, run by Colin Harrison and Warner Haldane, it, they run it really well. It's once a month. People tune up at eight o'clock on a Saturday. It goes so smoothly. Everyone has a good time feel like you've given back and then you get on with the rest of your day. It's not too onerous. So I think that's one of the keys for volunteerism. Keeping things a manageable bite so it doesn't take over your whole Saturday. But people do want to help, but they just don't want they're a bit scared to, you know, give away their whole weekend. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orakanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha noe, kia koutou, kotahoho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are 
triumph of nature's art. Perfect. Unique. And here, making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for us all, for the last nearly two years, we have been in the midst of a global pandemic and this has meant our view of consensus reality and indeed our view of most aspects of our daily lives has had to shift and change so much. We've had to understand ourselves and each other anew. A whole world has at times seemed quite alien to us and yet here we are surviving and making the best under difficult circumstances and I think in part this is due to our nature that we are by nature adaptable that we are by nature positive we want things to work out we'll do our best to make things work out in our nature we are nurturers we want to care for each other and ourselves and the world around us and all of these are innate survival tactics and instincts that we have co-evolved with all life in an infinite web since the world began. And while I talk to you, of course, I'm driving out to my heart's home workplace, Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, and we are going to have a, a joint educational adventure with the cafe staff, which is very exciting, to give the cafe staff an opportunity to learn more about the Eco Sanctuary. I'm going to take the opportunity to really take a step back and let my second-in-command Taylor lead the way as it's his want and he will enjoy doing and I will enjoy hearing what he has to say and having a bit of a rest. So of course this got me thinking about life in general how at times we're so lucky that we can take a bit of a step back and allow others to shine and really enjoy seeing them shine really enjoy the skills and gifts that others bring really enjoy supporting them and encouraging them and how this is a gift that we have to by supporting one another we too shine but with a different light so I really hope for you at this time you're having opportunities to really encourage those around you who you love that you're feeling encouraged that you're getting that balance right between taking the lead and taking a step back and enjoying the gifts of others also as I drive towards you it's a beautiful hot sunny day and of course we're heading further and further into summer it's getting hotter and hotter days are getting longer and longer there's more opportunities for us to frolic about safely while scanning our QR codes and hand sanitizing and wearing masks and socially distancing and I'm hoping that this means that my band, Tahu and the Takahes, will get the opportunity to play again. 
I have missed playing music in this time with the band and performing in this time with the band. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. And in many ways we'll be returning to our roots because we'll be performing outside and returning to our more acoustic busking formation even with a baritone sax and electric guitar so it'll be great fun so I really hope for you you're enjoying innovative ways to make the best of this time that we're in and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon thanks so much kakite you're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Carolyn Hamill. Mawera, what is going on in your house? Well, um, I've got uh, our friend Dylan has come to try and fix the Wi-Fi and one of our brand new baby chicks was in the water bowl and Jack was yelling, Mum, I need to save the baby. And <laughs> I don't know if that actually got picked up, but if it did, that's what that was about. Uh, and of course, the dog's excited because there's a stranger in the house and it's just, everything's just chaotic. So <laughs> but normal, a normal day in the life. Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn that. Little let's baby turn, chicks' lives are important. Yeah. Let's turn that oh, into yeah, a question for for Carolyn. Carolyn, I imagine your life is is, is similarly, maybe not quite as chaotic as Mawira's, but but similarly, no, I, I, yeah. but similarly mm-hmm. busy. How do you maintain that a sanity and b sort of positive mindset and and sort of purpose through all oh. that? Yes, I think balance in your life is quite key. I think if I um, don't get things like some exercise two or three times a week and um, and I don't see enough of the kids or my husband, I think it's all about balance. And so sometimes you just need to make sure you've got time just sitting on the couch reading a book. Or, you know, I, I had a moment a few years ago when I thought, oh, there's no milk in the house, no bread, no cheese. And I think it was no eggs. And I thought, oh, I think if I'm too busy to have any of those in the house, I'm probably too busy. (laughs) Which is to say, I've got to keep um, things ticking along so the home goes well. So I have to make sure that I provide that for myself. Otherwise, you know, um, the wheels could easily fall off. And Keith travels a bit for his, my husband travels a bit for his work. He um, does water quality. So he'll be around and about tomorrow. I think he's in Murupara. Um, so if I um, don't take a sort of semblance of order in the kitchen, then things don't go well. But, yeah, generally I think you have to kind of try to keep your own balance in life, whatever that might mean for people. For me, it's definitely exercise and eating well and just having space somehow just to sort of sit and think, right, it's okay to sit on the couch and read a book for half an hour. We Mm. had a discussion at work earlier this week when somebody admitted to not getting out of their pyjamas all day on Sunday and was quite embarrassed by this. <laughs> and it turns out that most people at work hadn't got out of their pyjamas for most of Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yes. It's good that you can be honest about that. And that's, and that's probably something that COVID has taught us. It's okay. We sort of almost feel guilty for, for feeling like we, you know, but um, it's fine to sort of just have this, sort of complete um, rest, I think, and not being 
made me think of a lockdown. Why do we get dressed up? Well, often it's just for other people, isn't it? So it's actually fine to slop around in your old jeans and an old T-shirt. Um, it's very freeing. And I have thought too um, that we don't have enough days in our week where we don't have to get up and out the door. And I think we, our, our culture now doesn't really have a weekend in the same way that perhaps a generation or two would have where Saturday and Sunday are just cruisy, you know. Now it's not like there's so much going on. So I think you kind of have to make that weekend for yourself in a different way if you can't get it in a traditional weekend. We've talked lots on the show about the be kind message that was used throughout the the pandemic. And, And I think lots of people have said that that really resonated for them when they realised that mm. it was about being kind to themselves as much as to other people. Mm, that's true. That's a good point. And um, I think that you life definitely got peered right back in lockdown, didn't it? It just got peered back to your family unit, your food, you know, your local environment. And I think that that's, that's right. It just got, there was a simplicity about it. Yeah, being kind to yourself is, is definitely part of that. Saying that, you know, some people probably felt that they, they wanted to get out of the house and have a break from their, their immediate family unit. So maybe that was being kind to themselves, as leaving their family unit behind sometimes. It's going to be interesting to see if the be kind survives the transition to the, the traffic lights. It, doesn't, it didn't seem to be so right. important in the second, in, the, in this August lockdown. Yes, and are, maybe we going to, are we going to see a resurgence its, of it? In terms of that, meant that sort of um, the use of the phrase from Jacinda Ardern, I wonder if it's done its job now because now it could be it potentially could be overused. There might need to be a different phrase or a different. Um, there needs to be something that comes that might might reflect a different um, angle on it because I think you can overuse phrases and it could. Well, it, it, people kind of sometimes use it a bit cynically when, you know, reading and sometimes on a talkback you think, yeah, that might have done its death. But in terms of the meaning behind it, yeah, I think we could have a different phrase. We have seen sure. lots of changes in society over the the last couple of years. What mm. do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Well, I, I know what didn't stick, and that was um, – you know, active transport, when, when we're in level four and level three even, you know, everyone was out on their bikes and walking and using the road for their own, pev, pev, you know, skateboard ramps. Well, that, we did hope that, that some of that would flow through and keep going. Um, certainly in Whakatane, it hasn't, I don't think. I think traffic today, as I've been out and about, has been worse than ever. So that hasn't stuck a change in our mode of transport, which I was, I'm sort of disappointed for because I thought that might have been a little um, trigger for people to get out of their cars. So in terms of a more hopeful view, I think that has freed, lockdowns has freed people to say, I, I'm going to have a better balance. I'm not going to drive five days a week from Whakatane to Tauranga. I'm going to work from home two days a week and come the other three. You know, and that is absolutely fine and my work productivity will probably be about the same if not better so I think it's freed us to be um use our use our smarts in the way we do things for instance you know there'll be a few meetings or sometimes I 
there might have been a, a meeting or two where it would have been beneficial for me to be at Mass University. But actually, Zoom has been fine. And think about the, the kilometres that we've saved, the petrol we haven't used. So that's huge going forward. We've It's become far more normalised to just catch up with people like this in this format on you know audio or video and rather than the face-to-face -face. sometimes from necessity but other times just from a, of a choice of this is a, a smarter way to use our time and energy and money have you tried to diagnose a cow on zoom <laughs> no i although no we hmm, people do send photos of their animals and expect a diagnosis sometimes which is challenging, um, especially if it's a poor quality photo. And also, as you can appreciate, there are um, there's a lot of other nuances and in, in consultations that you you pick up on. So I don't see um, clinical vetting changing imminently. However, I think we've got smarter at phone consults for prescriptions and. Um, follow-ups with uh, just general behavioural things. So there's definitely ways where we can, we've had to change the way we do things. And I think medical practices have definitely got smarter with um, their phone, phone consultations. That's been a, a huge thing. Do you think there are any lessons from the pandemic and how we've responded to the pandemic for the bigger sorts of questions that we face as a society, as a globe? And I'm thinking of things like climate change or, or social equity on the on the large is there anything mm. in there for that oh i think well the the planet's had a bit of a rest hasn't it a slight reprieve for the last two years as people haven't been traveling so much and we haven't burnt up so many air miles but i don't i'm not convinced that we wouldn't all still do that again if we had the chance so i think the travel is still um well, I've, even though I've just said, you know, we've got smarter with the way we use our time, I still think that travel is so embedded and our world is so global now that if we do want to travel to visit our family in, in the UK or in the, the islands, we will still do that because there's the love of other people and, the, and family and friends outweighs sort of sometimes a care, a, a theoretical or intellectual care for the environment. So I... I think it might have been a little pause button rather than a complete reset. I'm hoping that we have slow travel, that we can go and spend time with our family in the UK mm -hmm. or wherever, but we stop rushing about. Mm -hmm. We stop thinking it's a sensible thing to pop to Sydney for the weekend. That's true. And that's right. It's the way, perhaps it's the way we travel rather than – and the way we travel and how much we travel because, you know, it, it was almost – depending – you know, I guess the kind of lifestyles people have, you know, it's not unusual for people to travel overseas, not just once a year, but more sometimes, depending, you know, on people's financial circumstances. Whereas when I grew up, I think we went to Australia once when I was 12, and that was, that was huge, you know. So I think that we have, we've got to think, even though we could theoretically afford to travel overseas once a year or, or thereabouts, should we? Save up and maybe make it a, a once every few years a trip. And as you say, maybe avoid the, the weekend shopping trips to Sydney. Let's put in the second of your music choices. Let's have Dave Dobbin, Just Add Water. Why this one? I love Dave Dobbin. And I realised after I'd put, chosen both these songs that they're both Kiwi artists. And um, 
I do like lots of other, you know, artists, but I obviously felt like I needed a kiwi flavour. Um, I like this Just Air Water. It's quirky and it's it's very Dave. It's also very hopeful and it's not one of his sort of anthems, but it's um it's quirkiness appeals to me. Enjoy. show is positive but not deluded 
What does that mean for you? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think that you have to be positive about feeling that you could make a difference in the world because otherwise it just feels like we'll, we'll all just have to sort of curl up in the fetal position and not try. You know, I think we've all got to do our bit and we don't know how the planet's going to last. It's hard to see. And we also don't know, you know, what the pandemic will do to us as a community and as, as a family. But um, I think what we have got really good at with COVID is just taking it day by day. So it's just those choices we make each day for, for us as, you know, trying to live in harmony with the, with the environment, but also it's not planning too far ahead, just thinking, just be grateful for each day that we know we've got our family and friends around and um, we don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know what the pandemic will look like in New Zealand, really, once it sort of gets into full throttle, but um just enjoying the the moments in each day and I think that's sort of without being deluded you want to be realistic about what might come but also just be um positive and each day there is some good stuff going to happen I have some questions to end the show and enough time to get through them all so that's good what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years oh the biggest success well, lots of little successes like growing your children. Do they count? Like, they are, you know, your daily and weekly successes is that you've kept your children alive. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's an achievement. Um, but in just that you've had fun and, you you know, you've lived life to the full as much as possible. Um, probably the single biggest achievement that I think, oh, yeah, and Ma will relate to this, is just getting my thesis finished because it is a – it hangs over you until it's done. And I started my master's thesis in 2006 when I was pregnant with my first child. So I think that um, that will probably be, be my biggest achievement. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Oh, thank you. Ooh, my superpower, superpower, superpower. Uh, could it be being this is probably now I've jinxed myself. My superpower could be being on time. Like I'm um I have to be the most punctual person in the family, otherwise nothing gets done. So usually I am my superpower is being on time at the right place. And I probably jinx myself by saying that now. <laughs> what would your kids say your superpower is? Um probably I would say my kids would say about me that I cook nice food and that my superpower is being a bit silly, maybe a bit goofy. <laughs> Do you consider yourself I'm prone to making but I'm prone to doing silly voices at, at random times and impersonating dogs when no one when when there's we don't have any guests. My children think that's quite normal now. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, I don't know if I call myself an activist. I just passionate about the community, passionate about doing good stuff and um, trying to make our little neck of the woods the best place it can be. So I don't know if I call myself an activist because I don't know whether I'm radical enough for that. But in terms of activating, maybe an activationist. Is that a word? No. Well, it is now activationalist. <laughs> Activator. <laughs> Activator. No, I, I like the longer version. We'll call it that, but I... 
so what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning um i like feeling like i'm part of a team working towards something um getting uh little projects off the ground making things happen i love going to work at the clinic and meeting people from all walks of life um having a bit of fun bit of banter and just feeling that the day has been well used that we've got the most out of that day so what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so biggest opportunity i probably for me personally or just for the community as a whole whatever you like um i think for me oh, let's talk about the community as a whole i think our challenge is how we um we've got so many different things going on as, as a at the local government in terms of three waters um our response to covid how we how local government remains effective with some of the um government changes those are huge for Fokatani, who's we probably struggle to represent ourselves well nationally um speak because we're a small local government area i think that that will be huge for us um with the three waters reform particularly um for me personally just doing uh juggling all the different angles of my life um and feeling like i'm effective and um as good as i can be in each area of those and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners advice oh gosh um maybe with covid just feeling like we have to as i've already alluded to just take each day as it comes um enjoy this enjoy the moments and be as supportive as one another as we can as we go into sort of uncharted territory. So not too deep and meaningful, but just um, support one another as we as we navigate this next phase. Thank you for that. Mawira. Thank you. Carolyn, I just think you're amazing. And um, oh. I think, you know, like, I always see you as, like, the, like you know, you and Richard Hamer are like the mum and dad of biking in the Eastern Bay. <laughs> and oh, we've I like that analogy. <laughs> but that, but that's kind of that's that's this role that you guys play, and we and we wouldn't be making the progress that we're making were it not for the work that you're doing. And I see your hand all through that space, but oh. you know, that, but not only just in biking, but just you know now in the community board as well, and uh, and. I think that we're really, really lucky to have you in our community. Would clone you if we could. Oh. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for everything you do for all the rest of us. Thank oh, you. Kia ora. Thank you for them, Awara. That makes me feel I didn't expect that. I'm very grateful. Um, I enjoy it and I wonder um, it's part of who I am. And um, But it's always, it is nice to be appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, we're going out this month to variations on the 12 days of Christmas. I am so tempted to put out the dog barking one, but I'm not going to. But let's have one from Annie Melodies. It's kind of animals. Awesome.
listening to Glowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Manon Soyes, Babe Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Moira Karatai and Carolyn Hamill. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.